Recorded live from Portland, Oregon, it's the Transamorous Network Podcast. Let's get it on. It's the Transamorous Network Podcast. I'm Perry. I'm Remy. And I'm Shannon. Welcome, everybody. Good hi, to, hi, hi. Good to have you all here again today. We're, we're having, this is, oh my gosh, this is the first show after the election of President Donald Trump. Dun, dun, dun. I have no comment. <laughs> we're going to keep it clean. Oh, we got yes. plenty of comments. You, I know, you never not have I a choose comment. to take the fifth on that one. <laughs> right? How about yeah, that? Give her two seconds. She'll be there with She'll a comment. She'll be there. So we've got lots of good stuff going on today. We've got a fantastic guest. In fact, our guest is, is the creator of the... So on all of our content, I've been talking about this, this Facebook group uh, uh-huh. where there's these 30 guys that are almost... They're actually almost 40 now. Uh, um, these trans amorous men, trans attracted men who are supporting one another on this Facebook group. That's awesome. Yep. That actually and is pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome. And this group was founded by our guest today, Jonathan Hayden. Hi, Jonathan. Hi, Jonathan. Welcome, Welcome to the Jonathan. show. Hi. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. So, Jonathan, I'm, I'm, glad to be here. I'm glad to have you. So, so why don't we start the show with um, a conversation about your uh, Facebook group? Because... I mean, the, our audience is predominantly trans women who are looking for men who are attracted to trans women and who are going to treat them right, and trans amorous men who are trans attracted men who are maybe struggling with their trans amory and really need a place where they can um, learn about their trans attraction or trans amory. And you created this Facebook group specifically to support these kind of men. So why don't you talk to us a little bit about your group, including the name? First, uh, yes, I was. Uh, yes, I did create the group, but it was in partnership with another friend of mine, uh, Troy Kennedy. We've been working together for this past year, trying to develop uh, something for men like us—a support group for men to really be able to come out and to understand who they are and to be proud of who they are. Amen. But also, wow. and also to help us define properly define who we are. So the Trans Supportive Brotherhood, and the reason why we call it Trans Supportive Brotherhood, because trans supporter goes beyond just the attraction. We believe in not just because they're fathers, brothers, friends, uh, cousins, you name it, you name it, who are also supportive of our trans brothers and sisters. So they need to have a group they can feel and learn and grow and understand. So that is why we created the group. And we also created a group also to change, to kind of uh, distance us from the chasers. Amen. Yes, this is awesome, Jonathan. Because the thing, the reality is, chasers are also trans attracted. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, but that's yeah. what they are. They are chasers, and they're only there for the sex. We go beyond. We are not just here. Just we don't look at you just because we're attracted to you in the physical form. Our attraction is upon the connection, spiritualness of it. Because at the end of the day, we need support. Our sisters need support. Our trans brothers need support. It's a much more and holistic, so, uh, healthy approach. Yeah. It really is. It really is. Nice. And, it, and, nice. and also, it also keeps, it, it's, it's for us. It doesn't step on the toes of our trans brothers and sisters who are fighting and who have standing up for their rights. We are here to know that we are support you. We don't run. We don't do anything else. We're here to know that there are men here supporting you by trying to get them to understand and be comfortable with who they are. So, Jonathan, there's, another, there, there's another aspect of the, of the uh, group that you mentioned that we haven't talked about yet, and that is, um, you also created the group in order to define define who who trans attracted and trans supportive men are. Yes, because you know there's really no one. Everybody thinks they know who we are. Some people want to classify us as gay men, 
Other people want to call us everything else, confused, conflicted, whatever you want to call it. There's no real definition for who we are. There's no clinical, there's no medical definition. Right. We're often looked at, we're often looked at as savage dogs who all we all we want to do is have sex with women. You know what I'm saying? With trans women. But in actuality, there's more to us than that. We want to love, we want to have families. And 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 so people need to know and understand who we are before they can make judgments on who we are. And the only people that can speak for us are us. Thank you know, in the right. same way wow. we can't speak for can't we can't we can speak for our plight just like we cannot speak for the plight of our trans brothers and sisters. We cannot speak for them and say who they are. Right. We have Serious to say who we are in conjunction with our community and who we are. So that's why there are no psychiatrists that that, that know um that know about uh about who we are trans the trans supporter, trans attracted, trans amorous man, we got so many names for us now. <laughs> so but there's no there's no psychiatrists or psychologists. I think Perry, one of your earlier shows which, by the way, I watched a few of them. But, um, but yeah, when you, you talked about your experience of going to a psychiatrist and how the psychiatrist did not kept trying to call you gay. Yeah, that's true. I'm not a gay man. Nothing wrong with it, but that's not who I am. Right. And I don't, you know, people are like, well, you shouldn't be care about labels. No, I do care about sometimes because if you mis if you mislabel me, then you're not getting to know me. Right. So you don't know who I am. So therefore, I have to correct you because I don't want you to say who I'm not. I want you to say who I am based upon what I've told you and what you see and what I model every day. Right on. Right Right on. That's what I'm talking about. I just got to say, as as soon as some of the trans women see you and hear about they're going to lose their mind. They're going to lose their mind. I'm losing it. They're like, oh, my God, there are these amazing people out there like this. I had no idea because so many women don't know that there are great guys and great groups like this. Yeah. And and that's and that's and that's something that that's why I'm glad you guys are here and I'm glad we're all working to do to do this because we have a mission. We all have a mission and we're out here, especially as you all made reference to our to the butthole we are now have an office. <laughs> we have to be able to look out for one another right Right, now. absolutely. We really have to look out for one another and not and, 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 and be something more than just looking at it just off physical. We need to really support one another. We need to have job uh workforce development we need to have things we need to have programs we need to have things taught in school so young people can understand young right. people in uh, high school understand their attraction or who they feel that they are right deep down in their heart you know we don't we don't have enough of that we don't have i, I come from an educational background and one of the things i have i have and i'm proud of is my is being a mentor i've mentored a lot of young men in my previous program my previous job and one of the things I came to come to realize is that I had a young man in my program trying to understand who he was. He he uh, his mother could not accept the fact that he started to dress, mm-hmm. and some of the people at the school couldn't they couldn't accept the fact he was coming to school before you know before he really realized that he wanted to transition. Mm-hmm. He referred to him as he, but he knew he wanted to transition at one point, and so I had to really sit down and talk with him. Really sit down and get him to understand, but that got me realizing that if he's in this program like this, I have other young men in my program who are happy, who are probably coming through and trying to understand. The best thing about what we do is what I did with that is I I never I realized that the other young men in my program were very accepting of this young man. That's awesome. And what and, and where he was going in his life. Now he has transitioned, so now she she is is living happily. Wow. And she is doing, and she is she, but she remembers the program. 
mm-hmm. and what we did because we, we, we created a community where you have to be safe, you have to be able to be heard, you have to be able to know that the people who are around you are not going to hurt you. Mm-hmm. You know, and and we have to do something more because this is very scary. This is a scary world out here. So, Jonathan, it's it's um. I want to ask about your your personal life and how you came to your own transamory. But before that, um, characterize the type of men who are in the Trans Supportive Brotherhood Facebook group. Oh well, I mean, clearly as you see, yeah, baby. If you want to categorize it, I mean, I mean, let's start let's let's start with perfect, and you know, you know, all these words. You know, let's start with a great adjective. But. But the one of the things I will say with this group, I am proud to be a member of this group. I am proud to start, uh, help, help to start this group and, and to be one of the leaders in the group and trying to do this movement. And we have a lot of different men in the group. Yourself, Brother Perry. So we've got, we've got professional men. We've got men like me, professional men who've gone to college, educated men. But we also have young men, too. We've got some guys in their early 20s still trying to understand who they are trying to navigate around, especially in the dating world, they've had a lot of frustrations trying to understand. So we've got older men, we've got we've got younger men, and we've got the men in the middle. And what I like about that is you've got, really, a whole bunch of uh, years of experience, and really failures, mm. in which people can learn from, uh, learn from. Especially for us who've gone through trying to, trying to find our, our significant other and stuff, the failures in our relationships, what we've learned to teach these younger men on what to look for, how to speak, how to talk, how to not how to not take a woman for uh, granted, now how, how to how to not be so not to be buttholes, I hate to say it that, that way too, but 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 we have to teach all of these things. So that's why that's that's how I would characterize the group. It's a support group where men can draw upon each other's experiences. We don't we don't talk about we don't talk about women and we don't bash women. That's that's the first rule. There is no mentioning of names of girls. There's no putting their pictures up on there. There are no posting nude pics. There's no posting pornography, numbers, any of that stuff. Because the first and foremost thing we believe is protection and safety for our trans brothers and sisters. And posting stuff like that up there and posting people's anger and stuff like that does not help lead to safety. It gets other people to get uh, to rile other people up. So we don't do that. That's a no-no. They're changing momentum. That's exactly right. They're they're, they're changing they're the changing momentum. momentum, and and it's interesting yeah. because the, the um so I don't know how far Jonathan has gotten in the man's guide that I sent him, but we talk about this this phenomenon called momentum of one's stories, and if you if you continue to tell the same story over and over again, you develop this momentum that begins to create the reality that your stories are are talking about, and so yes. one of the big stories in the trans community is that men who are interested in trans women do all the things that your group does not condone. Right. And, and so yeah. by, by having these principles that say you, you aren't allowed in this group to do these things, you're creating a new story for the trans community that can change the momentum that leads to conclusions about men who are attracted to trans women like they're they're all chasers they're all just trying to get their dick sucked they're all trying to just use me for sex they're all this they're all that and creating us it's interesting because he's he's creating a space starting with the men just like with the trans network he's he's coming from a place that you're coming from yeah i think that's awesome and you know like when i met perry and and first started talking with perry 
he helped change my momentum and my story about men and my story behind men because I was in a place where men were scum. They're all just chasers. They all just want me for sex, you know? And, and when I met Perry, I met a man that was not that. He was actually trans-attractive. He was actually trans-amorous. He actually was looking for more than a sexual relationship. And it spawned our friendship, and, and it changed my story about men. Not all men are like that. And this group, I think, helps to prove, again, here's 40 men that 40. are not like that. Yeah. You know? And, and I would hope that someone watching this show would hopefully, you know, a girl, a trans woman watching this show would help to change her momentum and, and her belief system that it's not all men and they are out there. And, you know, your group has got people from everywhere, all over the country. You know what I mean? So there's guys everywhere. They are there. You know what I mean? And more and more people I hear are joining your group, which yep. just is more proof that yep. they're, they're everywhere. Well, let's, let's talk about the de demographics of this group because it seems to me, and I could be wrong, Jonathan, that the majority of the group are African-American men. Thank you. I was, like, was going to say is something that, because that's been my experience. What's been your experience? As far as like the people who approach me, Mm -hmm. I, I see, and I live in a very white city. Portland's like, Portland very is white. white. Yeah. But I see a lot of the people of color coming up to me and being like, hey, I'm genuinely about you. Really? Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. That's been my, and it's, yeah. it's not just here in Portland, but it's nationwide. When somebody approaches me online, it's, right now it's 100% people so, of color. So, Jonathan, oh. what, what is the makeup of the 40 men in the group demographic, uh, racially? Going back, you know, and I wish, uh, going back on the it is primarily African. American. Uh, however, we, we we are mixed. We are very uh, mixed. There are some trans men in the group. Oh, I did not uh, know that. That's yes. awesome. There are two. Uh, there are two trans men in the group. There are some gay men in the group. Oh wow. Um, openly gay men who are in the group who are also learning to understand and to learn more and you know and to grow and so and we've got white men. We've got Latino men. We've got black. We've got a little bit of everybody in, in the group. That's awesome. So I couldn't I couldn't give you the actual demographics of the. I'd have to give that back to you and break it down, you know, when I look back at the membership group. But for the most part, we, we are we are a diverse group. And we get diverse views and and That's for yes, sure. I'm sorry. So I wanna just say really quick, I don't wanna like get too stuck on this, but I don't I don't believe that this is like a genetic thing. I think that this is a cultural thing. You think it's cultural? I do. Do you do you really think that do you think it's genetic? I don't know. I, I, I haven't really thought about this. I think there's probably. An, how would you think it's number? cultural? Yeah, how, that's what knowing, I was wondering. No, knowing black culture the way I, I know me black too. culture. Yeah. Here's, well, here's what I think. I think that. And, and check me. Like if I say something. Stupid, you might be right. I, no, check go ahead. If yeah. I say something stupid. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that white folks, for the majority, and I'm, I, I'm stereotyping here, they're a lot more fearful to step out of line. Does that make sense? Okay. And yeah. a lot, like, they're like, oh, well, you know, I'm a lot more concerned about how I look or how I, you know, what I say as to where I find that sometimes the people of color who have been through more struggle, who have been through, ran the gauntlet, so to speak, they're like, you know what? F it. I'm going to do me. You know, this goes back to the last show we did um, about the um, University of, of Los Angeles, Calif or University of California, Los Angeles, that survey, uh -huh. when we were talking the about racial, the right, racial right, right, thing right, and why white, down. if mm -hmm. there are more, if there are more trans women of color than there are white trans women. And we said in that show that the reason, w we were speculating, Jonathan, that the reason why 
there there are more trans women of color than there are white trans women is because um, trans women of color are already because they're of color they've already been persecuted or yeah. treated as less than or what have you and so what you're saying now about the trans amorous men who are of color is hell i've already been treated yeah, that's the only logical i'm a black man in america exactly there are not more trans women of color and there are not more trans amorous men of color there are more out trans amorous trans amorous men and there trans women go. i think i think that's more i think i think that's more the case i think there are more people who are more out than who are more i see a lot more i don't know i don't know why that is i don't know why more black men are more open to being with trans women than and more open and are more being out i have no idea why and that's why I say it's cultural, not genetic. I don't think courage the I don't is give a genetic. Fuck attitude. What's that? The I don't give a fuck attitude. Yeah, just like you've God, been through. So you know, once once into, you've been through enough, it's like if you live on. If you, at the same time, at the same time, I'll say this: looking back in terms of the violence against trans women, how many of that has been mostly African American men? Almost too? all of it. it is it huge majority? Huge majority. Right, because there's yeah. a lot of there's still violence. a lot of as as much as there's. I agree with what you're saying. There's also the, um, a lot of, I think, men of color are afraid of what, you know, of, of, of people's opinions, of what they are, who they are. What Just this, men of color well, have that fear? Well, no, I think all of, I think most men, but again, knowing black culture the way I personally do, there's a lot of stigma and there's a lot of, of well, what the fuck? Are you gay? You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I, that, wonder, I think my I, argument would be that exists just as much in the white culture. I don't. Maybe it's my personal experience and yeah. not not being I not don't, being part of white culture. I don't think a white guy is going to go to his buddies and say, "Hey, I like trans women." They're going to be like, "Oh, cool." No, they're going to freak out just like every other group of cis, you know, straight men are going to freak out. I just think actually, if they, if they don't understand what being attracted to a trans woman means, yeah. If, if, and live in the stereotype that they're gay, then they're going to have problems. And I think the reason we have such problems is there's no real definition for who we are. Right. Hmm. There's no category. There's no, that's so, in the culture, the culture believes that we're gay men. Yeah. And so the same hatred and violence keeps coming towards us because of the same way towards the gay culture and the gay culture. So, so, so if they keep thinking that they don't realize that we are not gay men, we're not this and that, they don't understand us because there's no definition. So so let me let me go back to what R Shannon was saying cuz this is really interesting. So the 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 violence that is perpetuated predominantly by men of color on trans women cor correlates I, I think you need to switch that. It's not it's not please. It's it's not by men of color. It's on trans women of color. Trans women of color are disproportionately at higher risk for violence than, say, a, a right. white trans. Well, woman. I knew that, but I thought I yeah. thought someone in the room said, and it wasn't me. Someone in the room said that there the violence, or maybe I misheard what was said. I thought someone had said the violence, the people who are committing violence on trans women are usually men of color. I thought not, no, not, usually, said that. not not just not usually men of color, but there is a significant portion of of men of color committing violence against trans women. And trans women of color, but not all of, not the majority of them. There are some other ones, but unfortunately, when you look at when you look at the deaths and you look at the uh, murders and you look at the people, look how many of them are men of color, black and Latino. That's what I thought. Okay, so so I th I think that correlates with what you're saying because whether it's cultural or genetic, 
if there are more men of color interested in trans women than not men of color, then it's, it seems to stand to reason that you're going to see a higher percentage of violence on trans women committed by men of color because there's more men of color than white men going after them. And those men who are going after them, some of them aren't as comfortable as Jonathan is relative to what they're doing. And so they're still trying to figure it out. And some of that figuring out includes freaking out, which leads to violence. You know, I would. I have a hard <laughs> time wrapping my head around this one because I disagree with the premise that there are more men of color that are attracted. I think there's an equal number proportionally. I just think that oh there's right. more out. There's more out guys. Right. Okay. Or there's or like there's a lot more white guys in the closet going to the sex club, going to the back alleys. I mean, not to say that men of color don't do that too, I but know. I think that like I just think you know, and this is probably my stereo- my prejudice. But I think that people of color have a thicker skin because they've been through more. So they're like, you know what? They have a little bit more courage to do themselves. Well, it might also be that, I mean, even with, with cis men, cis men of, cis black men going after cis women, they are more bold. They're more prone to be like, hey, girl, on the corner or whatever. Well, I think that gets cultural. Okay, then. So Which would be my argument. Exactly. Right. So, so maybe it doesn't, it's not. It has nothing to do with it, with the object of the attention being a trans woman, whether it was a trans woman or a cis woman. It's a blur, it's a brother, and brothers are just more out about going after what they want. So that is cultural, well, I guess. Well, well, that's really interesting because I think, I mean, look at us. We're only forty guys. Right. We're only forty guys, but clearly, I know there are a lot of other men in the other groups on Facebook, the ones that are about dating and stuff like that. I think there are a lot of men that are more. Open to being on the DL. Yes. 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 Open to being open. Yes. I think for that, but I think in terms of men speaking up and standing up, no, that that are openly out about being with uh, women, uh, trans women, or trans women of color, whatever you want, you know, there are more people on DL. So I think that's the problem. I said you've got men that want to be with trans women, but they can't be open with. Right. And that's the cultural thing. That goes back to that cultural thing we were talking about. And also, they don't want to. As gay, they don't want to be deemed as weak. They don't want to be deemed as whatever, and right. and, and the cultural and the, the cultural stigma behind. It. Right. How about this? Just this throws out. Do you think coming from a place of privilege gives you more to lose? And so you would see coming out as gay or coming out as trans attracted or trans amorous would be like, oh well, I have all this to lose, so I got to be on the DL because there is a place of privilege that white people come from. That is that. Do you think there's any logic to that? Well, it's interesting because when Jonathan and I were talking about the event that we're going to be having in a little while. Um, Jonathan was asserting that the, major- the that trans attracted and trans amorous men tend to be broke men, and so the Jonathan's nodding yes, and so the the privilege that exists for white trans attracted or trans amorous men, I guess it in terms of economics or finance it doesn't exist, but in terms of their um, Do you mean broke financially or broke, broke psychologically? Broke financially. And I, mean, but, but, and, and I use the term broke. We could use a probably better term than even broke. But a lot of us are not in the situations where we need, where we want to be financially or or gotcha. professionally strong. So, so in many ways, can't afford to do what, like a lot of the older white men who have trans women can do. They can afford to fly them, bring them out, do all the things we mm-hmm. don't really do, and use that privilege. We don't have that. I can't fly nobody out. We, <laughs> Oh, you a paper airplane? I mean, I'm not in that position. I'm not. In, I'm not in that position to do that. You know, so so I think there you have a right. You have you're right about that privilege.
But let me. So, so you know, it's interesting that I, I we this is something we talked about in the last show too about privilege keeping those who have privilege from coming out and owning their transamory. Um, but I don't know. Go ahead. I mean, like, okay, our last guest, Shannon, right, comes from a place of privilege and had a much easier time because she came from a place of privilege. Who was that? Uh, Sarah oh, McBride. Sarah McBride. You called her Shannon. Oh, I, did I'm I call like, her Shannon? Oh, we had a guest named Shannon. I know. I was like, like I don't remember sorry. that. It's okay. Uh, Sarah, Sarah McBride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she did come from privilege. And she had a oh, very yeah. smooth transition. Mm -hmm. It's a huge difference. Mm -hmm. And and there's there are now correct me if I'm wrong because I don't know them but I presume that the trans the trans women escorts who are charging four hundred five hundred a thousand dollars a night those aren't broke brothers and sisters or those aren't broke brothers out there going after those women because they got to afford that money so not all people who are attracted to trans women are are I would wonder if most of them are white or people of color though. Right. I bet you. I bet you find. I bet you find that stat flipped. I bet you do. White guys on the DL. I. I bet. Yep. That's, yeah. Married with cheering. All that business. Those yes. Pay, those ones pay. Those ones pay four five hundred dollars. Yeah, because a lot of brothers gonna try to get a discount. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I'm glad right. you said that. Now. Right. Four four five hundred dollars. Nah, maybe two fifty. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Something like that. I got fifty dollars. What can I do? You know. <laughs> Or no. they go to a sleazy place like the Oregon Theater right. on the first Saturday of the month, right. and they fulfill their whatever. Right. Until Wait, the what's next this time. place? What's this place? The Oregon okay, okay, okay. the Sex Theater. I didn't know anything. Yeah, about girl. Yeah. Man, I'm not not even in Ooh, the loop girl. anymore. It's, it's a hot mess. <laughs> it is a hot, it's mess. a hot mess. It's hot and it's a mess. Um, okay, so so Jonathan, are trans women allowed in the transporter brotherhood? Um. Safe space. Many of us have been in other groups before that started out maybe for men, but then more women had come in there, and then it got to the point where we couldn't really speak our mind without being called, you know, and, and really sharing our thoughts without being called, oh, you're profiting off our pain, being called, being vilified, calling us everything under the sun, or, or calling us misogynist, and I'm like, no, or everything we're doing is wrong. No, so we, we created a space where men can really speak their mind and be corrected in a proper way if they're incorrect with what, what they're saying. Mm -hmm. You know, without being feel like they'll be attacked by every woman on the, uh, who will put their name on Facebook and then spread them around like, don't talk to this guy right here because he's an ass. Right. You know, so this is where men can be, this is what's up um, for that. We've had women um, try to be in the group and often, you know, uh, you know uh, uh, requested to be in the group. And unfortunately, we've had to, we've let them know very kindly that this is really for men. Janet has to go to the bathroom. Sorry. <laughs> so, but we also let the men know, because you've seen, Perry, you've seen our guidelines and expectations. We also let the men know, if you're here to try to date and look to pick up a date, this is not the place to go. Yeah. You know, I, actually read, I actually read and looked at your group today. Oh, you did? I did on the way here, just to get a yeah, background yeah. and stuff, to yeah, see, yeah. see the, um, what's the guidelines, the, those are the mm -hmm. words. And so, so now that we've had a wonderful conversation about your wonderful group. Really good conversation. <laughs> Tell us about you, Jonathan. Yeah, how did you, how, what, what happened in your life that had you discover your own trans attraction or trans amory? What's all the things that led up to the group? Yeah. Okay. Well, not all well, of them, but you know a few of them. Uh, I, I became, I realized I had an attraction to trans women. I stumbled across it, actually. 
watching HBO. Uh, watching a documentary on HBO, and it was called Sex Bites, and had two women that they were interviewing. I thought were just gorgeous. They were talking about what they were doing in their movies and things like that, and their and their that they they have a group where they make their own movies and they're talking, and they were going back and forth talking. And then they were showing clips from some of their movies. At the end of the movie, when they yelled "cut," and the girls got out the hot tub. For the first time I ever, I'm seeing the penis in my face on the screen. And I'm like, you know how, you know how, you know how, you know, you know, I'm like, hmm. And, and I'm right. like, what did I just saw? And I'm, and I'm like, okay, um, I, what did I just saw? But the thing is, I was so, I was actually aroused and I was interested at the same time. So afterwards, I really listened more when they started to talk. When they said, then they said they were trans, um, they were transgender and transsexual. So I was like, oh, okay, okay. And I learned, I started to learn. I started to uh, listen more to what they had to say. And I'm watching this, and I'm aroused, but in my mind, I'm confused too, because I'm like, wait a minute. I just gone on a date the other day, on the other night. You know what I'm saying? So now here I am, and I'm like. I'm seeing these women, but I'm like, I'm not doing what I'm seeing, really. But it was fascinating. So I come from education back when one of my, my minor was anthropology. So studying people and learning about what I've seen and what I like is what is, is and understanding what I like is something that I'm into. So I started to learn more. I started to understand and study more. And of course, like many of us brothers, it was started off in a sexual phase. So, so describe, describe. Like many of us kind of start off as chasers a little bit, on, you know, because that's all we know. That's what we're approached at, you know, because it's not where a place you can just say, hey, are you a trans woman? They just go around and just ask, hey, are you trans? Are you trans? Can I talk to you? You're, you, know, you can't. So I started to learn and I started to come to grips, but I also at the same time, I had a bit of shame because I'm like, it doesn't mean I'm gay. It doesn't mean I'm gay. What am I seeing? Because how is it not seen around? But at the same time, it, was, it seemed like, it seemed wrong, but it seemed so Mm-hmm. And throughout the years, and this was back in years ago, this was back before DVD, you know, and all that other stuff, and before you could go back and look up stuff, you know, look online and all that other stuff. So I didn't have, I didn't have everything to look to, to understand. I didn't know who I could talk to, who I could to really learn to figure out what it is that I'm, you know, that I'm that I'm uh, attracted to, what it is that's turned me on, what it is that's going. But over the years, as I started to learn and meet talk to other trans women, that's when I realized that it was that it, it was not just a sexual thing. That I realized that there was a comfortability, there was something else. I'm learning something more and I and I gained a newfound respect also because I recognized and realized that and, and when I realized that, that these are women here are strong women because of what they're fighting and what they're understanding for, I started to understand that through through date through dating and through becoming more comfortable with myself. And through my failures in, in, in relationships and talking with people and getting to know, you know, so, I learned I learned through friends about words, the words you, you should and you should not you, you, use, you know, because you see she male, you know, that is mm-hmm. that's just like saying, nigga, you know, and, hmm. and things like that. You and done said that word. Hmm. Ain't that right? I said it before. <laughs> and 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 learning, learning these things and learning who I am, learning about the women that I'm attracted to, learning that. Realizing that you know it ain't nothing really wrong with me, 
you know, for a long time. And I was scared, you know, we was, as men, we're very scared to come out to really stand up for things like this because we don't want to be seen as weak or gay or whatever other term people want to use, bitches, whatever they want to call us, you know. But more as, as, as I've gotten older and realized who I am, I'm almost 40 years old now, I realize that I can live my truth and be comfortable and uh, so it's a long transition. I have my own transition phase. So, Jonathan, yeah, 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 we talk exactly. about that. We talk about that all the time. And that's, I, think, I think, and that's where that's something that we have to recognize. The trans, the trans supporter, trans attractive, trans amorous man is going through his own transition. Right, his own, own transition, his own coming out. That's, That's right. right, and and it and it begins like Jonathan has said. And I don't think any man who's transamorous has not gone through this stage of the chaser stage, for lack of a better word. I like to say they're exploring and they're trying to explore in a way that's safe for them. And often the only way that's safe for them is to do it on the down low, is to do it in the places where you you know the seedy places that you find in big cities and and. Because of where they are in their initial early stages of trans transitioning, they're afraid of what they're doing. And so, but they can't help it. It's like what, what Jonathan said. He said, it seems so wrong, but it seems so right. And it, that's the, the conundrum that men end up in. It's like, we're irresistibly attracted to you guys. And so, but at the same time, we're taught so strongly that what we're attracted to is wrong. And so, we're struggling with this dual identity situation and and of course we're going to be doing it in ways that try to protect our own ego because we don't nobody wants to be treated like shit basically no no one does right right and as and as an african american as a black man i'm having a dual quadruple quadruple identity things as a black man as a trans attracted man as in everything else as an educated man trying to find myself you know trying to be not people thinking I'm a sellout because I, I, I'm trying to do better. I'm trying to do all types of things. Right. So that identity trying to discover who I am as an African-American is very interesting with this role because we have to, in our community, and a lot of, and period, you know, in our community, a lot of times it's Trump Trump. Mm-hmm. We're dealing with this now in the church. And we, yeah. a case in point with Kim Burrell from all, all of that, you know, so, so how do you, how do you, am I, who am I first? Who am I first? Jonathan. And, 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 and that is a question that, that many of us ask. We have to ask, who am I? Who am I? Am I African-American? Am I a trans-supportive man? Am I, am I a man? What, what am I? All you know, what am I yeah, I mean, can't you all be all, all, all at the same time? Why, right. why do those have to be mutually exclusive? Why do they have, why do they have to be mutually exclusive, Jonathan? You, they don't have to be. That's what I came to realize. You know, that's what I came to realize. And that they don't have to be, that I'm a embodiment of all, all of these things. You know what I'm saying? This perfect, fine brother right here <laughs> is an embodiment of all of it. So I'm like, you know, so 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 I've, I've learned that, you know. But that is, that is that is those are questions that people ask. Yeah, so, like so what, is, what is it about this social dynamic um, that has us having to choose, or at least have the question, who am I first? What am I first? Trying to find, trying to find, you know, everybody wants to fit in. Um, I like to think of my life. I spent a good portion of my life, and when I do my memoirs, and I've already got it phrased, but a stranger in my own community mm. is my title. Trying to spend my spent my life trying to fit where I'm supposed to be in terms of fit the roles that people say, and I realize I'm all these roles. 
Right, because cultures and societies say this is the way a man should be. This right. is the way a yep. black man should be. Right. Mm-hmm. This is the way, you know, uh, a straight man should <laughs> Very be. Very good, Remy. That's you know, exactly I think, right. I think that's, you know, it's living in the reality that society has created for us and allowing that to affect you in such a strong way. And we don't realize it, I don't think, you know, until a certain point when you start to realize, wait a minute, I don't have to be this to be a man. Yes. I don't have to be this to be a black man. Yes. I don't have to be this to be straight. Yes. You know? I love it. And one of the things that we're trying to do, going going even back to that, is, is really defining, redefining masculinity. That's something that needs to be done in, in this society and, and throughout the world, you know, mm-hmm. in different cultures. What What is masculine? What is masculinity? Typical masculinity is a hairy guy, strong, can never show, can never show weakness, can never show any signs of femininity, uh, uh, completely misogynist, everything else. But that's not what men are today. No, you know, and women don't want those men, really. Right. Some women and, do. And some I, women no, don't. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a six foot four. I'm a six foot. Mm. I'm a six foot four. All right. I'm actually a lot smaller than what I used to be. Say, right. Years ago. Right. Oh, well, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Remy's over here gushing. <laughs> So, Jonathan, what are some of the experiences that you've had in your transition to a full-fledged transamorous male uh, with with trans women? Well, I've had some very positive ones, some very couple relationships. I've been in the dating, some positive relationships, and I've had some very negative, some negative ones too. Uh, neg- negative ones, which I, I was taken advantage of, or or, or, or um, things like that, taken advantage of, or just lied to, and you know, and had a, and bad experiences. I like to think that no matter what, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for myself, no matter what the experience, positive or negative, is something to build for the future. So, so I look at, uh, so I look at the experiences, I, t- I chalk up the stories. negative experiences. Matching stories. And, yep. Yeah, and I, I chalk up the negative experiences. I don't let them make me, make me bitter. You know, I've been open to, and I've learned over the years what I'm looking for and the type of woman I'm looking for. That's another thing, and realizing what I will stand, what I won't stand for. Ten years ago, in my twenties, it just had to be a pretty face. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I didn't care. I didn't care if it was anything else but a pretty face and the quote-unquote passability aspect of it. You know all that crap. And I realized that's not what I want. I realized I, we had no problem. You know, back in guys, oh, we date, we date a prostitute or an escort, things like that. Not what I want now, you know. So my, you know, I've learned through all these experiences what I what I want and what I'm looking for. I want someone who, who has who has uh who's stable. And when I mean stable, you don't have to be rich and good, but know where you want to go in life. Have some plans for yourself other than saying, you know, than than using the stereotypes. I don't care what your job is, but as long as you, I don't know, you're not on the streets doing something else. Don't get me wrong; you each his own to do that. But that's not what I'm looking for in terms of 
matching stories. Matching stories. It's interesting. We have this. We the the stories are important in people's lives is what we assert. And when you have, it's interesting when you when you have the early interpretations of what a trans woman is, which are the stereotypical. Uh, interpretations, then you tend, because of that story, to meet only women that match that story. Right. But as mm-hmm. you as you begin to change your story about who trans women are, and you begin what you want. and what you and what you want and how you feel about yourself. Right. What the, you will and what stand for, yep, as he phrased it. Yep. Then you then you begin to meet those trans women that match that story. And right. What we assert for both trans women and trans men is the or trans the, attracted men. Sorry, trans attracted men. Thank you. Is the 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 solution to finding the person that's gonna that's going to be what you want in your life is in your stories, and you know it's funny. I was talking with Troy on on the phone not too long ago about this, and he was describing this guy whose life is just it's kind of in shambles. He's his family doesn't is is he's transamorous and he's out, but his family's against him. The women the trans women he meet um, are really not wholesome women and um he he dis- he describes this <laughs> these, these are wholesome women over here he, <laughs> 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 he, <laughs> he describes <laughs> troy was describing this guy as not yet owning his own trans attraction or his transamory and i told troy i said you know the reason why he's having all this drama in his life is because he has not he his stories do not include self-acceptance right and the moment and in which what and Troy got that because Troy's experience was this, and we're going to have Troy on next month, um, Jonathan, but Troy Troy um, got this because his own life reflected that. He, before he came out to himself and was honest about who he was with his transamory, his life was in all kinds of drama. He was on the down low. His wife, his wife knew that he was doing something behind her back, but she didn't know right. what. It, it, the women he was, the trans women he was dating on the side were... They knew that he was doing, that he wasn't, yeah, he was a skeezer, basically. (laughs) But the moment he owned his stuff, all that stuff went away. And and you know something, uh, with that, that's that's a very good point, because in our our transition, we don't think about the collateral damage Mm -hmm. that is done. Yep. The collateral damage, and 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 I've had to own up to my collateral damage. I've recently had a conversation with with an ex of mine, sis, before, before, um, and, you know, and I remember when she, she kind of caught me and, you know, dealing with, you know, with my stuff and dealing with, you know, with, with, with trans women and stuff like that and how it kind of hurt her. But I didn't realize the damage, the collateral damage that it really had done in my transition um, and trying to do and do all that, how it hurt her. You know, so we have to think about all these things that we do and the drama that it causes and the drama even from and not just for cis women, but other trans women all, and all of that and the collateral damage in our world. Yeah. You know which the woman that liked us that we only saw her for sex and so what's happened and so and so we end up hurting someone who really had and, and to make it hurting someone really badly by our own actions because we couldn't we weren't comfortable in who we were and in, and in our own self-acceptance so the collateral damage is very real and the collateral damage comes back to you later on in the relationships and what you deal with when you don't accept who you are don't handle what you've done
even in them today because the type of women that you pick for yourself. Yeah. You have to own up to that too. Yeah. It's interesting because the the in the dynamic, so so we have these parallel tracks, right? We talk about this a lot. We have the trans woman who's going through her transition and the trans amorous man who's going through his transition from trans attracted to trans amorous to transportive or what have you. And there's collateral damage happening. It's it's almost like the colonial ships on the doing having battle and, and shooting cannons at each other across, you know, and collateral damage is going both directions as these two people are going along this path. And it, no one is to really, no single party, like the men aren't to blame fully, the, the trans women aren't to blame fully because both are going through transitions and they're both just trying to do their best with this struggle. Well, here's the thing about blame. you got to take your 100%. Each party has to take 100% of their own responsibility. There's no 80% your fault, 20% right. my fault. There's right. two 100%. Right on. Mm-hmm. That's your story. You know, you're telling it 100% to yourself and same for the other person. Yeah. And so it's it. I think there's a lot of opportunity to come together around this idea of collateral damage like if if the if the because part of the reason why men i think earn the earn the title chaser is because of the de- collateral damage that they create at the same time those women at the same time exactly. are, are they got on their 100 yes don't put right. yourself in a position and to be they chased. accept the fact that they want that if they keep accepting that chaser in their life and the man that's Clearly not doing right. Well, they got to own their own responsibility. Absolutely. There was a time yeah. in there was a time in my life where that's all I experienced because that was a story I was yeah. telling myself. Yep. But only these kind of men would be interested in me because of you know, and it was to do with my low self esteem yes. and how I carried myself and where I took myself and how I presented myself. And then when I changed my story, those people poof disappeared. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Right. Yep. Right. Very very interesting. Well, um, Jonathan, thank you so much for being on the show today. It was. Pleasure having you, yeah, Jonathan. You great, are a rock star, yeah. by the yeah, way. It's been seriously, a great conversation. seriously. Thank you. Thank you. I, hey, anytime you want to have me come back on, hey. I, I think we have. Here. I got so many questions right now that we didn't get to today. Yeah, <laughs> Remy's I, making Rem, a face. Remy over. like really is having <laughs> Don't a good mind time. Your business. <laughs> Remy's like, you can come back uh, anytime uh, you uh, want. Uh, sugar. <laughs> find me on find me on Facebook. You know, we keep on any questions you have, and, and I would love to keep on in the talk. This is move me today. Right so, on. Thank you. That's what we hope. That's what we hope to do is move people, right? And so those trans women out there watching this show, they are out there. There are men that are honest, genuine, and, and can accept themselves. Therefore, they can accept you and can love you the way that you want to be loved. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and they're and not unicorns. No, they're not unicorns. No. There's they're a not. lot of them out there. And the only thing keeping you from finding those men are the stories you're telling yourself. And to those guys out there, as, uh, as Jonathan said, own up step up it's time it's time and there's so much value to get from doing that thank you thank All right. you see you next Great week show. everybody jonathan bye. thank you so bye. much bye. see you later right now. <laughs> bye be a guest on the transamorous network podcast send an email to info at transamorousnetwork.com you've been listening to the transamorous network podcast the transamorous network podcast is a broadcast property of the transamorous network Listen to the Transamorous Network podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. For more information on living a joyful, positive, and desire-fulfilled life, or finding love in a relationship, family, or within yourself, visit the Transamorous Network on the web at transamorousnetwork.com, on YouTube at the Transamorous Network, or on Tumblr at transamorousnetwork.tumblr.com.